Alright, well, the Pistacats, by no surprise, picked up a loss last week. But you know what? They showed hurt. They dropped 300 plus. Ideally, it would have been a fucking nail-biter if it wasn't for Marcus Peters dropping a ball and getting credited for an interception. And bobbling the ball as he was going towards the ground, too. So, I mean, whatever. Fucking doesn't matter. We would have lost anyway. But, you know who didn't have a good week? Knack. <laughs> that was pretty fucking bad, dude. And, um, I think... Um, I don't I mean, Knack can get a little upset sometimes. I mean, I like to get on his case, you know, more often than not. But, there was something he said, when was it? I don't know, yesterday, the day before, in the when group chat, he goes, Listen, I know I suck, but let's be real, I have the best last place team of all time. And, like, dude, like, the, I was literally, like, I didn't, I'm not one to, like, ever remove people from groups and shit. Like, you know, like, I know timeout should be a thing, but I almost just left. Like, you don't just say that, dude. I mean, you got Ronald Jones and Antonio Brown on your starting roster. I think it's been, definitely have been some teams that, you know, got on the shorter end of the stick. But for the rest of this episode, I will refer to Knack as, mm, let me think. I don't know, just the best last place team ever. That's it. Let's get into my predictions. Well, I mean, last week I went 4-2, and two, so a lot better than 1-5 and five from what I did, you know, two weeks ago. Uh, that was the worst I've done in a long time. <laughs> Pretty embarrassing. Fuck my record, man. But, you know, we're 36-18 and 18 on the season. That's actually not too bad. That's what, like, uh, 66 win percentage, maybe? I don't know. That's really rough math right there, so don't fucking diss. I think that's right, because 18 times 2 is 36, isn't it? And I have 36 wins and 18 losses, so it's got to be right. Anyway, that was completely irrelevant, but you know what? I did end up getting better than I did the week before. We're going to roll into this week, and... um. I think that there's actually some games this week that, you know, teams that are fairly evenly matched on paper, like that it's actually can be closer than I think projections. And I apologize for this um, podcast coming out. Um, I am not going to be checking the scores as I make these predictions. I'm literally making these predictions at 824 and the game just started. So like if I see points pop up, I'm not going to let that, you know. I'm going to go through these real quick though. We got me versus Ferlano. And you know what? I'm actually going to give this one to Furley because I think Furley came off a big win last week against Knack. And I think he's just ready to add another fucking group of dumpster cats to join him. Not join him because you know what? If he wins this, he's actually got a handful of wins. And he's making some, just I think a couple trades away, you know. But at the same time. I do like we have good matchups on paper in Albany this week, but we are also missing Amari Cooper and McCole Hartman and just some guys who, you know, we could have used. But I'm going to give it to Furley, so we will see if that holds up. I mean, all in all, I think that the Piss Cats can easily win, and I'm giving myself credit for once, but I just think that Furley, I don't know. I like Hayuk, and you'll hear that later in the show. He's actually 
you know, going to be mentioned, but I don't know. I'm a little scared of some of those matchups, and I don't like Richie James either. <laughs> anyway, I mean, like, for me, I don't like Richie James because of what he did to Knack last week. Fuck that. But you know what? Next we have Knack and Shark Week. And you know what? Down the line, actually, um, a pretty interesting matchup. I'm not going to lie. I'm trying to give it the best and most fair look I can give it. Did I refer to him as Knack? I'm sorry. We have the best last place team ever versus Shark Week. And you know what? I'm going to give it to the best last place team ever. I honestly, I like his matchups more. I know Dalvin has been literally, as Tayo would say, cracked out. But you know what? Whatever. Gibson practiced today. He returned to practice. I don't like Ronald Jones at all. But you know what? That's not important to me. I still think he's got... um, I don't like AB at all. But Fulham and the other three... Keenan and uh, Allen and Will Fuller. Those are guys I like a lot. And I just think the quarterback matchup favors him heavy this week. Moose is rolling with Rivers and Alex Smith opposed to, I mean, Lutton wasn't that good. But Tom Brady, I think, is definitely going to have a bounce back game. But I also think that Lutton, I honestly might be butchering his name. Is it Luton? Lutton? I don't know. But um, I figured Green Bay could definitely start. Ow, fuck, I just stepped on something. I feel that... Fucking whatever his name is can actually um, have a decent game depending on if Green Bay gets a big lead and they kind of just, um, you know, kind of play more of um, not uh, prevent but more of a soft defensive second half and let Luton, man, I don't even want to say his name. Let that bomb get some completions. I think he actually had some. He had what do you have last week? Thirty five. Oh, forty two. Okay, well that's uh, yeah. He could actually. I just think Mac actually has really solid matchups. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the best last place team ever. I said Knack again. Fuck me, man. Next, we have the Dogfuckers, and we have Truns. And, I mean, I do like a couple of people that Truns is playing. But I think that this game honestly depends on what's going to happen with DJ Moore. Because, in my opinion, DJ Moore is a big name to watch. Um, Since Christian McCaffrey... um came back last week it was not good for dj moore obviously mccaffrey is hurt again but it seems although it was curtis samuel who had more of a boost in value opposed to dj moore talking up his own player but i'm just saying and and in a real aspect at least opposed to the last like what three weeks or whatever this is a big game for dj moore this is a big game for dj moore's value so i think um yeah, that's a that's a big matchup, and I think I don't know against Tampa Bay. That's definitely going to be a tough one. I I don't really know what to expect. That's a toss up, but I think that overall, um, I'm going to give it to Truns just because I really think there's a good shot that Malcolm Brown gets decent work against Seattle's brutal defense, and he can actually get a decent score. He could also shit the bed. We know that with Malcolm Brown. But I think this is one of those weeks where you can actually expect him to maybe, maybe give you something. He's not playing the best defense, so you might as well throw him in there. And I also think that I really like Brandon Cook's matchup and Sterling Shepard is playing Philadelphia's defense. Um, Only thing that kind of scares me is, I mean, Mixon might not play. But you know what? I'm just going to give it to Trent because you know what? I think that the dogfuckers are really going to have to be dependent on... um, what you get out of his flexes and Jacoby Myers and John Brown. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'll give it to Truns. And next we have Benny and C-Mac Daddy, which would be Clarky. And I mean, overall, 
Sorry guys, you know what's happening here? It's um my lazy ass doesn't I usually have the, the, the matchups already written out and then I just kinda write the winner predictor beside it. I didn't have anything written out, so it's taking me a minute here because I'm really dumb. Sorry, that's putting it nicely. I'm fucking retarded. Anyways. We're gonna move on to the matchup of Bruce Town B Dog and C Mac Daddy. Um I think that this is I don't know. I think that a flex of Danny Amendola versus Randall Cobb could maybe be a difference. I think Randall Cobb is definitely a safer play, though. Freeman did re-aggravate his injury today in practice, so Ben should keep an eye on that heading towards. He does have Gallman, though, but it's expected that Freeman does want to play and suit up, so we'll see how that um, happens. So we'll see how that... Again, man, that's like fucking 10 weeks in a row. We'll see how that works out for him, I guess. Um... And if Nick Chubb returns, that could also be a big boost to him. Clark, on the other hand, has um, Mike Davis because of C-Max injury. And, I mean, he's missing Lev. He's missing Frank Gore. So, I mean, like, to an extent, he's actually kind of hit a post to Ben who's just missing, what, CD? So, I think Ben actually has a better chance to, you know, keep his fucking strong season going and go 9-1. and one. So... That's who I'm going to give that one to. And I mean, no, nothing against Clark because Clark's team's actually slowly starting to look better. I think it's just, um, you know what though? Fucking Jordan Howard shout out because he got over 10 yards. Yeah, it took 10 carries, but you know what? I honestly would have expected like maybe nine yards on 10 carries. And Clark, I did give you the L, but I mean, I'm very happy that Tua Tagovailoa is, um, at least from what I've seen so far, going to be a very good NFL quarterback and definitely a guy Um, seems like a really good teammate. And this is just me talking to Clark is because, you know, I know the Finns fans have been through a fucking lot trying to find that one guy. So you know what? Um, And I would say the same thing to any Chargers fan with Herbert because I think those two guys... Um, well, they've kind of been playing well as of late, but you know what? They were always in that shadow of Burrow early in the season. But you know what now? I think it's safe to say they're playing pretty solid, both those guys. But yeah, congratulations on Tua Clark. And I don't know who has him in fantasy. I wouldn't think he's no fucking Lamar in fantasy or Kyler. But hey, Tua, don't look Tua bad. Oh, I should just end the podcast right there or the segment. Can I chop that out? Legit, though. No, fuck. I'm running out of time. Anyway. We're moving on to, you know how I said I'm going to literally peel through this fucking segment, and now look at this, this is awful. We got uh, Neil versus Rich, and this is actually a game I think is going to be pretty close, but the only thing that's kind of making me feel a little bit um, uh, skittish probably is I don't really care for Jermichael Hasty against New Orleans front seven, and but on the other side... I don't really care for Melvin Gordon in general. So I think it's actually going to be a pretty close matchup. But, I, man, I think the thing that's been helping me all year is to just keep betting on Neller and Ben unless they are absolutely, like, you know, handicapped. And I just don't think Neller's really handicapped. Oh, fuck. Um, I mean, obviously, we've seen that Neller... (laughs) Wow. When I say Neller's not handicapped, he's missing Galladay, Kenyon Drake, Ezekiel Elliott, and Calvin Ridley in his starting lineup. Um, but yeah, I still think that overall he's actually got a lot of good matchups. And I mean, I'm just so, I'm in awe of what Devontae Adams has done of late. So that's a guy who could also have another huge matchup against Jacksonville. So I think that 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it to Neller again. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna keep putting my fucking cards in the same basket because if I stop doing that, hey, I think my record will start dropping. Nothing against Rich, but we know that Neller's a fucking solid squad. We just know. And then, of course, that would mean the last matchup is going to be Legro versus Brody. Yeah, Legro versus Brody. I actually didn't have the app up when I said that. I was just fucking going off memory. I'm impressed with myself. Um, this is going to be a pretty good matchup, I think, overall. Um, I think kind of going to give this one to Brody, even though I'm really thinking Legro's team is on the rise. And I actually think this one could easily go either way. Like, this is going to be a close game. But... I think what it's just kind of convincing me a bit more is the flexes. I like Slayton against Philly, and I've always just been a Hollywood guy, even if, like, shit's not going their way. So, um, and also Mike Williams has actually looked good when the ball is coming his way, so it doesn't really matter what kind of production that's going to get because Godwin and Robbie Anderson are really solid, and the running backs are all solid. <sighs> yeah, that's a tough one, but I'm definitely going to give it to Brody, I think. But I think leg is on the, on the rise. I really do. And I think Legro is going to make the playoffs. But um, I guess we'll have to get into that. Wow, that was a long segment. I'm sorry. So, I mean, if we're going to hop into my power rankings, I think it's pretty obvious that the best last place team of all time is going to be last place. Do I have to go any further about that? No, but number 11 would be Furley. Furley beat the best last place team of all time last week. So, you know what? I think it would be pretty blasphemous to put Furley under Knack. I'm going to put myself a 10. I don't like doing that. I think that's a little too high for us in Albany, but um, it's kind of just how the rankings are working out, I guess. And at number nine, we have Clark. C-Mac injury hit him hard. I think he's definitely got to rely on certain guys to just fill in the void, and I'm not really sure who's going to do that for him as of yet, so we have to see he's got a tough matchup against Ben this week, so yeah, I'm going to stick Clark at 9. At 8, we got the fuckers of dog dropping from 1 last week. Um, I think they made a solid trade with us this week, and I think it worked out for both ways, but I think this is a must-win for them, and I think that like they don't want to start losing games at this part of the season. However, I think that it's just like not that they have bad receivers, like I mentioned about DJ Moore earlier. Some guys you just have to see more from. I love T. Higgins, I love Juju. DJ Moore is like could be really good. We just need to see that, like why he was literally doing unreal, and then all of a sudden he just crashed. Like that value literally just skyrocketed, man. It did not make sense. It was like if fucking David Blaine's balloons would have popped. Like it's that's a representation of DJ Moore's value right now. But I think in other words, he honestly has some players that he can also be dependent on to actually put points together. So you know what? I'm not ready to count the dogfuckers out. I think they can easily turn it around, but they're in playoff spot at eight there, so that's not bad. At seven, we have Rich, and, I mean, Rich took the tough L last week, so I think that overall, and he's definitely got some some guys that he has to, you know, try to plug and play and maybe try to ride it out. He's kind of got, like, some star players, right? I th- And I think very underrated fact is what he did to get Russ and Deshaun earlier in the year. As you can see, it's evidently paying off for him. Um, I mentioned earlier in the year when Deshaun was around that 14 range, I was like, we just want to see more Deshaun. We want to see him get into that top five range. And he's starting to make that leap now and put more consistent performances together of, you know, those 45 to 50 point games. And I think that's what you really want from him, right? 
I think if you can just keep getting around 100 points from those two guys and the rest of your team, you're kind of just depending to get 200 points from them around and then hopefully your defense puts some plays together and you're in any fantasy game just like that. It's more so just plugging and playing in your weak positions, I think, for Rich. And um, I think he honestly is pretty solid at it. He kind of plays like to strong matchups that he should. But I think it's more so just trying to upgrade the positions instead of just trying to keep plugging and play for the rest of the season. But he's kind of in a tough situation. But I think a trade will be coming. So we'll see what happens. Um, and next at six, we have Leg. And I've been telling, I think Leg is on the absolute rise. I mean, the guy has strung absolute wins together. And I mean, there's just no way to even remotely tell me that he doesn't deserve it. I mean, the guy's got three straight wins. He's not, you know, seems to be stopping anytime soon. I really like his team on paper, top to bottom. I mean, a, <laughs> I hate to mention again that I traded AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin, but you know what? I love him. I'm excited for Lega. I think he's going to be in the playoffs. I've said that. Why did I sound like Colin Coward there? Eh? Just that tone. Fuck, I've been watching too much of him ripping horse cock. Anyway, coming in at number five. I feel Trent is stuck at number five for so long, but he was actually the only one who had um, the record of five and four in the league. So he's kind of just sitting there. I think that his team is still balanced, but I think there's also some guys. It's like, man, T.Y., I just don't trust at all anymore remotely. And I think um, it's just going to kind of have to be like, what are we going to see from, oh, there was a guy that was going to come to my name, to my mind. It'll come. It's right there. Feeling. I mean, on Monday night, he actually could have a pretty tough matchup on um, <clears throat> against Chicago defense. But, and I mean, it also kind of depends how the game script works. Um... But I find a lot of times Minnesota is almost like, if they're not, you know, blowing a team out, they can just establish Delvin's run. They're actually kind of trailing sometimes, and they're throwing the ball a lot. I mean, you've seen Thielen's value kind of go. I mean, his last two weeks have been a little bumpy, but I think he's actually going to rise back up. I don't know. I like Trenzi's team still, just top to bottom. At number four, also sticking there is Brody. And, I mean, I think Brody, he had a big win against the Cats last week. But um, at the same time, it's a win against the Cats, so does it mean that much? Not really, but... I still think that, um, you know, his team is also really close to Moose on paper, but I think that Moose just, you know, hit 430 last week. His team is still performing, um, despite the fact that I think uh, running backs could potentially use a minor boost, maybe. I mean, he did trade for Ingram, but, like, I don't know if I would even consider that much of a boost. We'll have to see how that pans out. But I'm going to keep Moose at three. Gonna keep Neil at two because he's still trailing that one win despite the fact like his team his depth is just absurd. Like I, I I feel bad to not put him at one still. Just because like what I mentioned earlier, the guy's missing Zeke Ridley and Galladay and Kenyon Drake and his team is I am not a projection guy. They're projected three sixty. I do not look at projections at all when I make anything. I, I, I see like what the app's trying to say if it'll be a kind of a close one, but like Anything can happen in fantasy. I've seen that way too many times to even remotely trust projections anymore. Like, I look at projections on the app more of as um, a volume, a volume prediction. I don't look at it as how many yards they're going to get exactly. I think you can say, like, maybe they're going to get that amount of that amount of work or they might and then the, the projection usually goes up a little bit after playing a worse team. Like, I like that kind of stuff. Right. But. 
I don't look at projections, but the fact that Neller's team just has all those starters and he's just got four absolute lethal weapons in fan... Well, I wouldn't call fucking Kenyon Drake a lethal weapon, but he's been not been bad. I'm just going to say... I mean, not congrats, but, you know, I think that Neller definitely... Um, I'm just extremely impressed with the fantasy season he's put together, him and Benny. And they're steady at the top every fucking season, seems like. I mean, Benny especially, but Neller, you know, what really seems like... Um, I don't know. I'm kind of in a lost words of how good that team is. We are going to roll all into my well shit. Um, once again, I already deleted. I think I had a couple that I can, I whiffed on. I whiffed on Hollywood last week and I think Marvin Jones was another buddy, another buddy. Man, like my English is just awful. It's fucking awful. Fuck, it's embarrassing, too. Sorry, I'm trying to find, um... Who the fuck is Marvin Jones? Okay, I'm just gonna have to type his name up. Sorry, but, um, I'm just... I know I whiffed on Hollywood, but I... Well, Marvin had 20. I mean, that's not terrible. It's not fucking well, though. But, I mean, for me, maybe for Marvin Jones, that could be considered well. He did have a touchdown. That's not the worst. Don't remember the other ones. I'm being completely honest. So... Um, I'm going to give you the well shit for this week. My well, give me, fire me up some Brandon Cooks against Cleveland. I really like that. I think, um, I don't know, I got Houston winning that game. I think they're actually going to beat Cleveland. And I think that Cooks is going to have a pretty good game. I like him against, um, well, it's kind of tough to imagine, but you would have to think that Will Fuller, for the most part, will be followed by Denzel Ward, which means that, I mean, corner two, um, for the most part, can work against uh, Cooks. It's kind of hard. They have a lot of weapons there. And you know what? Um, in the beginning of the season, we were hearing a lot of the Texans really did feel they could revive Cooks in a way. And, I mean, it seems him and Watson are actually developing quite a bit of chemistry. So I think Cooks is a good matchup this week. I like that. Ow, oh, man, I stepped on the same fucking thing like six times in this video because I'm walking back and forth. I'm a little fucking... I look like a little tweaker. My neighbor's probably looking in the window like, well, okay. He's at it again. Anyways. My next well would be Ayuk. I think Debo Samuel um, still hasn't practiced. I think um, you have to you know Kittle's done. No matter if who's the quarterback, I think um, they lean on Ayuk. They actually design a lot of ways for Ayuk to get the ball. And I think that he's just the go-to target there. And I think that he's going to have an actual pretty good performance for Furley this week against the Cats. And that's actually kind of one I'm a little scared of. I do know New Orleans is a tough and a strong defense, but I think this is easily could be a game where New Orleans just gets really up in front early. And, you know, it's just going to be a lot of passing from San Fran for the rest of the game. I mean, it could be a Richie James game, could be Brandon Ayuk, but I think it's going to be Ayuk this week who goes off. My next well would be Darren Waller against the Broncos, who still struggle to actually cover the tight end most of the time, but they're getting better. But, you know, I think that team is still maturing. I think John Gruden um, and his defensive staff are really good at confusing young quarterbacks. I think it's going to maybe be a bit of a tough one for Drew. Um, but at the same time, I, I have a lot of faith. You know what? Let me talk a little bit about my boy Drew for a couple seconds here. I have a lot of faith in Drew from what I've seen. I think um, the only thing with us in Denver, what I've noticed is, and this is what everyone always says, man, if Broncos fans be defending Drew Locke, like, fucking way out. No, I think the thing is, it's just like, um, when you don't see a lot of, um, 
results in this league. A lot of people get, you know, they get restless. They don't care. I think that, uh, and you, yeah, you already know it's going to be some hectic going on in the background. Thank God it's the end of this show. My house is a little, my house is Riverview. My house is fucking Riverview, man. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, um, I'm talking about Drew Locke because of the fact this matchup, I think, of me saying Darren Waller, I think it can be heavily dependent on the fact I think they're going to really try and confuse Locke because we saw Atlanta do that. I mean, I don't know if anybody watched the game. I watched the game. And, I mean, I follow all my Broncos. They were running so much disguises against Drew and they were dropping guys into coverage off the D-line. It was a lot of stuff that you see guys who do that against young QBs because, I mean, there's times where experienced quarterbacks recognize that stuff. And, I mean, for Denver... The play calling has been not that good. And that's not me trying to say Drew hasn't been perfect because he's made he's missed some throws. He's made some bad reads. I think, you know, overall he's gotten a little bit tougher on himself than uh, the media is a little tougher on him than, you know, well, maybe that's just calling fucking loser. Anyway, yeah, that's my little rant on Drew. I think this week, though, could be a little tough. And I think it will be a close one, though, which means that um, Gruden will keep wanting to push the ball downfield. And... I can expect Darren Waller to have an actual pretty good game because we can't cover the tight end with shit. Anyways, my shit, ironically, well, not ironically about the person, but because I just said shit, you know. Josh Kelly, is anybody surprised? No. Not going to get into that. I don't even care if the guy's getting a fucking workhorse role until that guy actually shows me he can fucking take a carry more than fucking, I don't know, seven yards. Then I'll maybe take him off the shit list. I won't put him on the well, but maybe take him off the shit list, man. That's all I can promise. Uh, my next shit would be Ronald Jones. I think my problem with Ronald Jones is um, just comparing the, the stats of him and Fournette since Fournette came back from that ankle, since he was 100% from that ankle. I know that New Orleans game, game script was just completely whack. It's tough to look at that. But um, when they want to come back, you know, when, they, when they're trying to get points, when they're trying to get down that field quick, it's Fournette who's in the game. And Ronald Jones has done well with his carries, but you look at the guy's really big games. He had those stretches when Fournette was hurt. And early on in the season, I mean, when Fournette wasn't even 100% in on the playbook. Fournette is slowly starting to come in his own. Unfortunately, I had to deal Fournette because, for one, I kind of was just getting a little scared of the production level. I didn't think he was going to, you know, I wasn't sure if this ankle injury was going to be a, something bothering him. And I mean, I don't know. I just kind of wanted out of that Bucks backfield. But what I mentioned earlier in the season was I think this is just a matter of time before it's Fournette's backfield to an extent. I don't think it'll ever be just his. But I think he, will, he can actually take majority of snaps away from Ronald Jones. And I think especially in goal to go, especially in short yarded situations. And it, we've seen the times that Fournette doesn't even look bad when he's getting those carries on early downward. So, I mean, to me, they're not going to phase out Ronald Jones. It wouldn't make much sense. But I think that his value is slowly getting lower and lower. And I also just don't really care. Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. For Ronald Jones, I'm um, sorry. I don't really care about his matchup against Carolina because Carolina's team has been just extremely underrated defensively. We saw what happened. They literally almost knocked off the Chiefs last week. I think it could be another tough game for Tampa. I think that 
Tom definitely bounces back. I think that, you know, like, this isn't going to be a blowout in either way. These are two, like, you know, on paper, two really good football teams playing. But I think it's, like, the defensive front of uh, Carolina is very, very good. And they're a really good run-stopping team. It could be a rough matchup for Ronald Jones. And it's just, like, I, I'm not ready to call off Ronald Jones. I know I'm a little hard on him. I just want to say... I'm sorry. I just want to see what exactly happens with Ronald Jones. Um, how are they going to use him? And will his usage and will his points continue to drop every week? And will Fournette's continue to rise? Because it's, it's not like exactly like that, but it's, it's somewhat of a trend. You can see that Fournette's been getting more points as of late and Ronald Jones hasn't. So, I mean, it's just something to keep an eye on. I'm not really a big fan of him this week, but... And then my last one will be Damian Harris. Um, I think Damian Harris is actually a solid running back. I was a little off on him. I, I mean, it wasn't off. I didn't really have a take on him. I was just kind of like, I honestly am not sure. I haven't watched Damian Harris. Didn't really get to watch much of him in preseason. In Alabama, he was good. Um, but I actually didn't see, like, obviously we never got to see him in that workhorse role. Alabama had, like, generational talents at running back, NFL talent at running back. And it just made it hard for any of those guys to really show what they had, right? So... I think Damian Harris is actually good, but I think that the Baltimore run defense is even better. So I think it's just going to... And I mean, New England is kind of just a mess right now. They almost lost to the Jets last week, and it's just they need all the help they can get on offense. And I think that um, it could just be... I mean, maybe if the game is close, but I just don't see it being close. They might have to abandon the run. I don't know. I really like Baltimore's run D, and I think the game script could easily go Baltimore's way. Um, My reasoning for that. This actually turned out to be a pretty long episode because I rambled like a son of a bitch. But I apologize for that. Um, I'm assuming you just skip through when I ramble anyway. But yeah, boys, it is 8.54. That is an exact half an hour from 8.24 when I was doing my <laughs> predictions. And then I'm like, yeah, the game's on, so I got to hustle. I honestly didn't even see any of the scores updates. So I mean, like... Actually, I think I saw A.J. Brown and Corey Davis had, like, 20-yard catches each. That greatly swayed my opinion in every game. I was actually going to go with the other way around. Joey, shut the fuck. 